Hey, what's up? Hello, this is Admin Cubana coming back at you with another episode of the Unladylike Lounge podcast. And today I am joined by Lauren. Lauren, how are you today? I am so good, Courtney. Awesome. Awesome. Thank you so much for joining us today. Why don't you take a minute, brag on yourself, tell us a little bit about yourself and what it is we'll be talking about today. Great. Well, thank you for having me. I'm excited to be here. Um, My name is Lauren Balterman. I am a therapist. I specialize in cognitive behavioral therapy. I also say therapist turned coach. So with all the women that I work with, I fully and confidently believe that not therapy and not coaching alone is enough. So I combine both I knew from a very early, early age that I was going to be in the helping profession. Of course, I will bring it back to childhood and we all go through certain things. Um, Basically, I I landed getting my graduate degree in cognitive behavioral therapy. At the same time, I was healing myself through an eating disorder and I found health, nutrition, and fitness. Um, And that was really how I started my practice. It was very, very health-focused. Um, But I'm excited to talk to you today because at the end of the day, it really comes down to having a resilient mindset, understanding your thoughts, knowing who you are, and really showing yourself that you can do anything you put your mind to. Absolutely. Absolutely. I love it. I love it. So um, what I want to start with, and um, if it's okay with you, I was totally checking out your Instagram, like, and I want to say- Love it. Absolutely love it. Um, One of the things in your bio says, eliminate perfectionism and end self-sabotage. Girl, I am (laughs) living for that line. Thank you. Of course. What does it mean to eliminate perfectionism and end self-sabotage? Yeah, such a great question. And, you know, it really took me a while, you know, in the coaching space, I'm sure people have heard, you know, it's about niching down, you know, and as a therapist, as a coach, as, you know, someone who's in the helping profession, I want to help everyone, right? I want to save the world and help everyone. But really what I found and one, it was, you know, a lot of people get into the helping profession um, because you yourself go through something and you get out of it. So I will even say from a very personal standpoint, Um, I'm a recovering perfectionist. I know how much perfectionism actually holds you back. You know, there would be so many things that I did in my life and I wasn't able to celebrate my accomplishments um, because I was always looking for like what was next. I was always being incredibly critical on myself. Um, And what I found is doing all these things absolutely hinders whatever goal that may be, right? Whether that's up-leveling your career, um, having success or finding love like within a relationship, health goals. Throughout all these years, you know, of me being in practice, I really noticed that I kind of welcome in these women that really engage in what I call and what in therapy it's called all or nothing thinking, where like in the health world, you know, if you have one wrong thing, like one wrong food that you demonize is bad, then it's like, oh, that's it. I failed. I go into like screw it mode. Um, these, These are the things that really, really holds people back. Ultimately, it stems from somewhere. Perfectionism comes from somewhere. It usually is fear. And my job and what I do is to go in there with you, understand your thoughts, understand where that comes from and rehardwire. 
Yes. Yes. I absolutely love that. And the fact that you, like how you mentioned going in and, and re-hardwiring things because uh-huh. we really are over the years, we kind of program ourselves to think a certain way to, to react a certain way to, and it takes time. It really does take time to rewire, reprogram, rethink, retrain. It's not an overnight process. It really isn't. And just like it wasn't just ourselves that took that time to learn these processes, learn these, these thoughts, these, these behaviors, these things, it was, it was a a combination of factors, environments, people, things, places, emotions. It, we do need help and not how am I trying to word this? Just like it took a combination of factors, it's going to take a combination of factors to rewire that, that brain, that thought process, that all of those things. Absolutely. Oftentimes I get people, you know, who will message me on Instagram or any of the social media platforms and they'll just say, this is who I am, you know, it is what it is. And I don't know if I'm able to change type thing, you know, and as we get older, yes, you know, people can choose to be quote stuck in their way. Right. But like, it really is a matter of understanding and asking yourself the the question of like, well, being in that role or understanding or, or listening to that story, is that serving you, right? Like people that come in in a health way and they're like, I love sugar. I'm always going to love sugar. And I'm like, okay, well, is that helping you? Is that supporting you? You know, right. um, really, I will say change is possible. Change happens. This is literally why neuroplasticity, you know, I'm going to go real scientific here. That's the term, you know, that is the term that refers to the brain's ability to reorganize and rehardwire and adapt. And that takes time. You know, I work with people that are in their fifties per se, and they're like, well, things aren't changing. And I'm like, it's going to change, but it's about those baby steps. You have been now practicing these behaviors, engaging in them for 40 some odd years. You think it's going to change overnight, right? Exactly. Exactly. It's, it's never an overnight process. And the thing is, it is scary and people don't like scary people don't like change and I've I found at least for me and I can't speak for anybody else but it's those scary things it's those scary moments it's those scary processes that are the ones that are the most uh what's the word I'm looking for it's the most empowering once you once you step out onto that ledge and you're willing to take that leap of faith those are the ones that are most like okay wow those are the most empowering at the end um what about um one thing I did want to ask about is um like self-sabotage and um imposter syndrome. Yeah. Those two. As soon as I came across your profile, I was like, I need to ask her about those two. How can those correlate to um like our childhood and 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 like where where do those necessarily come from realistically? Mm-hmm. This is such a great question. So it really all boils down to fear in one way, shape, or form. You know, when we're talking about self-sabotage, oftentimes it's the fear of failure or the fear okay. 
success. And when we're talking, you know, kind of making that connection with imposter syndrome, you know, oftentimes imposter syndrome comes up like in the workplace or just pretending to be someone that you are not right. Or you're just, you're scared, you know? So really it's that fear, all fear-based and to bring it back to childhood, you know, this could be so many things, you know, oftentimes people think that things happen in childhood, that they have to be big. They have to be these huge things, these huge traumas. And that's a really, really misconceived notion right there. Because for example, I had a client who something happened to her when she was in grade school in a bathroom and it wasn't anything like her head was in the toilet or any, it was like a girl was asking her for a hug and she didn't feel comfortable and she didn't advocate for herself in that moment. So for the rest of time, she's now in her thirties, she has held on to that and really been like, I am someone who can't advocate for myself all from a scenario just like that. Wow. And to, to other people, that might seem like something so small, something so simple, but to yeah. her, it was something huge. Yes. And I love that you mentioned as far as like um, self-sabotage and imposter syndrome, the, the fear of success. I think mm-hmm. that is something that a lot of people don't realize is a thing that we, you know, a lot of people think of, okay, there's a fear of failure that a lot of people don't realize there is a fear of success as well. Um, one thing I also noticed on your Instagram is validation seeking tendencies. Can you tell Mm -hmm. us a little bit about that? Absolutely. So, you know, I work with so many women that it's interesting. They'll be, you know, high powered, have, you know, great career. And yet they are the same woman that will text their friends, multiple friends, you know, to make a simple, quote, simple decision, you know, whether that's buying a dress or they're going somewhere and they need, you know, a particular outfit and they will try numerous things on and have to do all of these things just to land in a decision. Meanwhile, they make decisions like all day. Seeking that validation is absolutely coming from somewhere. It's not being able to really trust yourself. And this literally goes back again to childhood. What has happened? You know, what has happened that you are second guessing? Um, And it really just goes back to figuring out where it came from. And again, rehardwiring. Okay. Okay. Um, Let's talk self-care. How important is self-care when it comes to your mental health? Yeah. Self-care is everything, you know, and I feel that there is such a stigma in terms of like, it's selfish, right? Like if I'm doing this, like I'm not doing something for someone else or, you know, I'm working all day. How can I kind of find this time? I always say you cannot pour from a glass that is empty. You know, you cannot pour from a glass that is half full. Um, It really is a mindset switch to really know that you are worth it and that self-care is absolutely a necessity. And again, it goes back to baby steps and just teaching women. Yeah, maybe that does. I mean, I work with women that they can't book the one hour massage. Like that is hard for them. And I will say, <laughs> let's do it. Go through that discomfort, see how it feels and let's get out on the other side together. 100%. 100%. Now, don't get me wrong. I am all for the massage. I am all for the face mask. I am 
I am all for the pampering. But self-care isn't always the go get a petty, go get, what else can self-care look like? Yeah. Self-care could be so many things. You know, oftentimes it's, it's even uncomfortable having conversations with women because I'll ask them like, what makes you happy? Like what brings you joy? Right. And they're not sure they're so wrapped up in work or everyone else that like, that's even hard. So I would say sometimes it starts there. Sometimes I'll ask someone and they'll really have to think and they'll be like, you know, I, I really think I used to enjoy coloring. I'm like, great. Like, let's get a coloring book, right? Like it can be that simple. You know, I myself, like self-care for me is getting in my car. Ultimately, I probably want a little bit of silence because I'm talking to people and hearing people all day long. And then I want to jam out to music, right? Like that is my self-care, turning that music on. But the women that I work with, I will say, we have this conversation. We figure out what's good for you. Maybe you want something new. Maybe it's like, a new skill like knitting or crocheting. And then you'll make, I call it a calm down kit and you'll put in this kit. Maybe it's a coloring book. Maybe it's something with sewing. Um, Maybe it's earphones, but they're connected to your favorite podcast, you know, whatever that may look like for you. Gotcha. Let's talk people pleasing. How counterproductive is people pleasing to your mental health? Oh my goodness. It is huge. It is huge. This one really closely correlates and ties back to um, that seeking that validation because it really is not um, not sticking up for yourself, not putting your needs first and just saying yes, yes, yes all the time, which you're going to get burnt out in those scenarios. And oftentimes this also leads into time management. When I say like, how much is time management going? You know, they'll be like, oh, well, I can't because I have this and I have this and I have this. And I'm like, wow, we we don't have boundaries here. We're just people pleasing all over. Okay. So really setting and maintaining those personal boundaries and really advocating for yourself and, and standing firm in those, in those personal boundaries is, is really important for your mental health. Yeah. Yeah. I had a woman yesterday, you know, I was asking her kind of like about her, she's a new client about her friend group and kind of what it looks like. And if she has support and she really said, you know, I, I need to show up for them. I'm always there for them. I'll say yes to them. And I'm like, well, who's there for you? She's like, well, it's just so much more important that like, I'm there for them. And I was like, wait, wait, I'm like, let's rewind here. And she was like, well, I'll take care of me when like, I actually have the time to do that. No, no, that's how that works. Oh my goodness. I I have no idea if she'll ever hear this, but honey, you (laughs) time, you time, time for you. Absolutely. Absolutely. Um, What is... What is your biggest tip or or piece of advice for anybody who may be struggling with mental health or advocating for them, themselves or, or even setting healthy boundaries? Yeah. So really, this is where cognitive behavioral therapy would come in. And working with a professional is obviously the best route, but starting somewhere is the first step. And it can really just be 
understanding your thoughts. If you want to work on your mental health, if you notice that you're people pleasing or not able to set boundaries, the very first thing I would say is write down your thoughts. You can open up a thing in your phone, a note in your phone. And when something happens and you get those feelings that like, Ooh, this doesn't really feel good. Right? Like when you say yes to something and you're like, your whole body is cringing. You're like, I don't have time. I can't do this. Doesn't feel good. Write down what you were feeling in that moment. And that is the very, that is the very, very first step. Okay. And it sounds like that is also a way for people who might not know that they're necessarily people pleasing or they're, they're not quite sure if they're, you know, setting healthy boundaries, that might be a way for them to actually visualize, Hey, this is what's happening. This is what I'm doing. Maybe I need to reach out to somebody to get help with setting these boundaries to get help with, you know, X, Y, Z. Yeah. I always say first there's awareness, then there's change. We have to be aware that we're engaging in these behaviors before we can do anything about it. Absolutely. For sure. For sure. Where can my audience find more of you, more of your work, and possibly reach out? Uh, I would say definitely on Instagram. So that's Lauren Nicole Balterman with two N's in Lauren Nicole, um, or my website, and that's laurennicole.life. Awesome. And I will link that all in the description box below. I want to thank you so much, Lauren, for joining us today. It has been an absolute pleasure. And to our audience members, our ladies, gentlemen, and unladies alike, as you all know, I love y'all fiercely.